thank you for your service. Let's ride. Hamilton, Meet sir. Meet me inside. Meet him inside. Meet him inside. You're listening to Hamilton Shot by Shot. I'm your host, Brian. I'm your co-host, Rose. You know, today we're going to be talking about the song. Uh, hold on, I forgot. Meet me inside. (laughs) Perfect. You know, we've been talking about the Revolutionary War, of course, Mm -hmm. and we've always got to worry about the British coming and trying to take us away, right? So the signal that we've worked out, because it worked well for Paul Revere, was one if by land, two if by sea. Well, what do we do when it's via internet? Do we do three lanterns or, or what? I, I'm afraid the British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome John. Uh, John, welcome to the oh, show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on. I I, I love this musical. <laughs> We're happy to have you. And John, what do you want to tell everybody where you're from before we dig into Hamilton? Yes, unfortunately for all of you, I am a podcaster as well. So if you if you really do want to hear more of me, I've got a few shows. I've got Bat Minute, I've got uh, Hedvig, Inch by Angry Inch, which might might kind of be more appealing to people who listen to this because it's a musical about Hedvig and the Angry Inch. And we're, I'm about to launch one about the terrible movie Miami Connection called Miami Minutes. Terrible or outstanding? Well, I think it's outstanding, genuinely, <laughs> and everyone else thinks it's bad, so that's going to be interesting. That should be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I like those bad movies. They're, there's something to them. I, I'm obsessed with them. It's one of my favorite things in the world. But every podcaster talks about bad movies, so I was like, well, I need to put a twist on it. Well, this is one of those like known, I guess. Like, I remember seeing that at like the video store. You know, you go in, and it would just be one of the ones that... like. Blockbuster or whatever. <laughs> the best. That was a long time ago. Rose is looking at me like, what, what's a Blockbuster? <laughs> I know what a Blockbuster is. <laughs> <laughs> it was Netflix, but it actually had to go to the actual Netflix and rent and pay money for it and then bring it back in a couple of days. <laughs> and I know that sounds bad, right? But there is one good thing about it. I don't. It was like an adventure. It was like a trip. You, you, you know, you'd, you'd go with your parents and you'd have a fun kind of hour in Blockbuster, just looking around at all the things. It was exciting. Yeah, because, I mean, if you went on a Friday night, like when a new movie came out, a lot of times you might not get it. So you just have to oh. find something else because they only had so, so many of them and everybody wanted them. So that's where you found out. That's why you find gems like Miami Connection. <laughs> You're like, hey, this looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're talking about something that's good. Today. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I think so. Rose, you think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Joel, I, I John- very much do. And I was actually worried going into watching this the first time. Because uh, I hadn't seen it live or anything, because there was no way of seeing it live over here. Like, I think it did come to London, but you just couldn't get tickets, you know. But I was worried because uh, even though I'm a I'm an amateur historian, I study history, uh, I do a degree. Over here, you don't learn anything about this, probably with good reason, because we lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, will I understand what's going on? And luckily, I understood 99 percent of what was going on. It, it's so well put together. You agree with that, right, Rose? Because that mm-hmm. really got you into into history, right? Yeah. She would tell me history's boring until she watched this, <laughs> and I now, see not, that, yeah, yeah. But now you're like all into all sorts of different history stuff. Mm-hmm. She's watching the Patriot every other day. She's you hey. know another <laughs> another Revolutionary War movie. So a, there's a theme. Part. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think they actually have more to do with the fact that she's a Mel Gibson fan because she saw him on, well, Lethal Weapon movies and uh, Daddy's Home 2. That was like the big one, right? (laughs) Actually, I saw him on The Patriot first. You did? And then a couple days later, we watched Lethal Weapon. 
Ah, oh, that's right. Okay, that's that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, the first yeah. two are great. Uh, three, yeah. I can't remember. Was three any good? It's good. It's, I, I, it's, good. it's the most forgettable of all yeah. four of them, I think. But when you when we went we went back and watched all of them, that was the one I was having the the most hard time remembering mm. what the plot was. But I remember key scenes. Like I remember, like that's where Rene Russo comes in, and then that's yeah. where we find out he like is eating dog biscuits instead of smoking, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. all this stuff I remember, but I couldn't remember what the actual who the bad guy was or what the plot was. Um, but it was fun. It's still a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think what we need then, especially for for Rose, is we need the Patriot, the musical. Ah, now that I would watch. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> That, that seems like it would be a mixture of cringy and exciting. I think and that's be the great. best combination of all. Yeah. We saw Daddy's Home too, and they sang at the end of that. It's like they dubbed Mel Gibson's voice in, and it was really bad because I'm pretty sure he can't sing at this point. So they would have to recast. <laughs> Unless they got the guy who dubbed in Mel Gibson's voice, and that would be the worst musical ever. So yeah. <laughs> as fun as that bit was, um, <laughs> what was the song that they sang? Uh, it's the uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They sang that and he he had a part and it was, ooh, ooh, it was not God, good. I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I think we've talked about it before on the show. This just keeps coming up. But Daddy's Home 2 is a Christmas classic at this point in our house. Yeah. You don't need to watch the first one in order to appreciate it. It is hands down a fantastic Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I know yeah. what I'm watching this year. <laughs> so yeah, we unfortunately I've probably seen it enough to last me a lifetime with this past Christmas. But we're not here to talk about any of this. I, I want to know John's history though of Hamilton. I know you got a little bit into it a little bit. I mean, like when did you first see it? What was your first impressions? I know you said you did understand most of it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would say I think Lin Manuel does a pretty good job of, mm-hmm. of putting a, a very good narrative together um, and telling a very concise story that took four hours to tell but um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah no, i just want to hear your thoughts on it i my first experience of it at all i'd heard about it obviously because it was the biggest thing going uh but my first experience of it was when it landed on disney plus it was the only time i'd seen anything only time i'd heard anything from it and i thought oh here's that great uh musical everyone's going on about the, the history one yeah let's put that on let's give that a go and oh, I was glad I did. I I love it. Again, I can I can follow it. I sometimes find with some musicals where it's all music, because you know there's two different approaches. Some musicals are let's have normal scenes and then they burst into song and then it's back to normal again. Right. But in other musicals where it's all singing, all dancing, all go go go. Sometimes I find it hard to follow, and especially when it's a topic I don't know a lot about. Yeah. But this, yeah, I I felt like I understood almost all of what was going on it explained it for foreigners like me because again we don't learn anything about this topic here at all which is a bit silly really because <laughs> you know i i think people that just feel bad like oh well you know we we lost we shouldn't talk about it why why it's an important part of history and you're, you're allowed to lose <laughs> right and it i mean you guys are a part of something at least at least from our perspective like that was a huge thing that happened. Yeah. So you guys definitely had a huge role in it. So you would think yeah. even even just even glossing it over, like in because to tell you the truth, they gloss it over a lot in in America too. <laughs> like oh, I, I can't I, imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like you know, it's like a page and a half in in your history book, and and then you're off to the next subject. 
So, yeah, I mean, and I feel like there's a lot of Americans that never even even heard of Hamilton or even thought he was a president at one point. So, I mean, I give this musical credit for really introducing parts of American history that people never even heard of before. Um, I mean, I was yeah, very familiar was, with the duel. That was but the impression re- I got, actually. Is, is that the case? The, the vibe I was getting from it is, like, everyone knows about the other founding fathers in America, you know, but nobody really knows about this guy. So let's tell his story. Yeah, that's the kind of the impression I get too. I mean, obviously he's on our $10 bill. So, I mean, even if you didn't know who Hamilton is, you see him all the time. Well, he's not as common as a dollar bill or you know a $5 bill, but yeah, he's he's out there. He, you know, and he's, if you go to New York, there's statues to him and, and he, because he was big in our whole financial mm. setup. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people knew that. And maybe people knew that one of the founding fathers died in a duel. But I just feel like, yeah, he's, he's just not, I mean, I was aware of him, Mm. but I also went, I take, I took AP history and really had a, uh, I I still talk to my history teacher that I had from that class in, in, uh, in high school. Like, so I focused in on that stuff, but that's me, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, that's not your, your average person. I mean, I intentionally took an extra history class because I enjoyed it with no intention of going to college because I was already signed up for the Marines. So it was like, I had no intention of, I just did it because I enjoyed it, you know, and I liked the teacher. And we definitely talked about the Reynolds pamphlet and we talked about uh, a few other things that came up. You know, this is, of course, you know, it was like junior, senior year. Really Uh, going deep though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it was definitely, so I mean, I was, that stuff that like should have fallen out of my brain, but for whatever reason stuck in there. (laughs) But yeah, I would say most people don't even cover that. And if they did, they forget about it. Well, that's, that's kind of what makes it interesting then. It's not a tale you, you've heard a million times and you're like, oh, okay, so now they've added music. Great. <laughs> right. right. And I I think this was my first experience with dealing with a, song, a musical that was complete song. I'm used to like Grease mm. and, you know, those type of more. It's like a, you know, you talk and then you sing West Side Story, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really paid attention to any that was all music all the time. So I was a little thrown. It took me a minute to get used to it. But then once I did, I was like, all right. But what about you, Rose? This is because for our experience was also the same Disney Plus. We we had never watched it before until Disney Plus. Right. You never watched it before Disney Plus. Right. I mean, I, I couldn't have. Right. We, we had no way of seeing Unless it as well. I, <laughs> we weren't going. I don't think yeah. it was traveling yet. And anytime it, it did come, I think it did travel a couple of years ago before the thing that won't be named happened, <laughs> you know, and, and, but you know, nobody was getting tickets to that. And of course I had no, I had zero interest to go see it anyways. Zero. Yeah. Cause why, why would you, you'd be like, it doesn't on paper. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. when you see it, you're like, he's pulled it off. How has he done it? He's pulled it off. Like, and also because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a basic white Englishman. Uh, so I was worried, like, oh, I don't really get hip hop that much. Um, doesn't matter. It's a, it's amazing in this. And I could follow all the all of the the plot twists and stuff in the lyrics. The only time I had problems with was with Lafayette sometimes. Oh. It's French, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to follow him sometimes. Yeah, but. yeah. So I think. Uh, when Lin-Manuel Miranda asked David Diggs to be in this, uh, David Diggs thought this was like a stupid idea. Oh, really? Yeah. That made him, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he did stuff ahead of it, but I, I mean, I never heard of him until, you know, this, this show mm-hmm. and Me now too. he's everywhere. So I can it, see why you would think that though, because if somebody came up to you and said, I'm going to do a, a hip hop musical 
about one of the founding fathers people don't know that well. You'd be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah well. And and that was another thing where I was like, I am I do not discriminate against any type of music. If mm-hmm. there's a song that I like, I like the song. It doesn't matter, you know, what genre it is. But I'm typically not listening to hip hop that much. Yeah. So everybody told me it was like, well, it's like it's like a rap hip hop version of you know, the founding fathers. And, and I'm also one of those people that if you tell me like, this is the most popular thing, I'm like, I hate it. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, but when, when, when we actually, and when we first, I've said this before, but like when we started watching it and Alexander Hamilton came on, I was like, I wasn't used to that style of like talk singing as we like mm-hmm. to tease Lin-Manuel about. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this. I actually, I actually love the song now. And of course I love, but just that initial, like, I got four hours of this. I don't know. And I don't know at what point it turned, but it was only a couple of songs in. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. See, that's great to hear because I like musicals already. Uh-huh. Um, but if someone someone's a bit more like, eh, you know, 50-50 on them, like they're okay, I guess, then it's good to know that it works for, for them as well. Actually, Dad, it's two hours and 40 minutes. Two hours and 40. I always think it's like endgame level long, you know, because it – Maybe it's because I take 30 minutes at the intermission, even though it's only one on the show. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you pause it. You go get a drink. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I treat it like I'm really at the show. You know, you go use the bathroom. You know, this stuff. That's exactly hey. what I do. I'm, I'm getting old. I think all movies should have an intermission anyway. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get there with you. I had a hard time with Batman. <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Rose and I, we, dis- we dismissed ourselves for, excuse ourselves for a minute there <laughs> during yeah, that one. I can see why. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I managed to make it through. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. But um, speaking of doing what we got to do, we we got to talk about um, this song, "Meet Me yeah. Inside," song number sixteen on the soundtrack. It is time stamped at fifty minutes and twenty four seconds on the Disney Plus version, and I guess I didn't write down the runtime. That is, it's about just a little over a minute, right? Minute and a half. Yeah, it's not that long. It's not that long. Yeah. This is the aftermath to the last song, of course. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's the aftermath of the duel, you know, because we got the fire, right? We got the 10 paces fire, boom. And that was the end of the last song. So right here, we see the shot. Well, Lee gets hit, right? And we talked about that last minute. We went into, so uh, John, last minute, we found an article. It was the letter that Hamilton wrote detailing what happened. And it was signed by himself and Evan Edwards, who was Charles Lee's actual lieutenant. Burr was not there. (laughs) Ah. So one of the things that we have found throughout this whole this whole musical is the names and faces have been changed, not to necessarily to protect the innocent, but to tell a narrative story. And you know, like like any historical fiction. Well, this is I guess this isn't fiction because all the stuff did happen, mm-hmm. but it didn't always happen the way they're presenting it. Yeah, you got to change it around to keep a good flow going and then simplify things, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It makes more sense to have Burr there on the other side than it does to have Evan Lee or um, Evan Edwards, who we've never heard of before. You don't <laughs> want a guy turning up for one scene and then he's gone. Right, exactly. Um, So really the big thing is, you know, we we learned that Charles Lee takes a shot in the side and they call it quits and they said, all right, that's it. And then they were like, yep, we yield. I'm satisfied. Uh Uh-oh, 
dad's coming. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and it was almost like when he, you know, like on the Simpsons, when he, uh, Bart got hurt, when he was being Bart, the daredevil and he like fell and got hurt and they're like, he's hurt run. <laughs> and everybody scatters. <laughs> That's what kids do. That's what I right. do. As a kid, I, think. I don't. I mean, it's basically <laughs> what they do. Like, Oh, dad's coming. He's mad. And, uh, Washington. yeah, Washington, you know, shows up. They basically clear a field. He apologizes to Lee. They don't speak for me. And, you know, that rhymes. Mm-hmm. He's a very upset at Hamilton at this point, right? So after he mm-hmm. kind of says, all right, everybody go. Hamilton, this is where we get the name. Meet me inside. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, you're in trouble from when you're out playing with your friends and now you're going to go inside and get grounded. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and he goes to speak to, to Washington. From there, I think, you know, I, I think basically... Washington is trying to be like, what's the meaning of this and and all that good stuff. Well, he says that earlier, what's the meaning of this and all this, get, get him a, get him a medic, all that. But he's kind of, kind of trying to impress upon Hamilton why this was a dumb idea. Yeah. You know, Hamilton, Rose, what do you think? Is he, is he accepted? Is he accepting what Washington's saying or is he arguing with him? He's arguing. Right, right. He's, yeah. he's not having any of it. I was going to say he's acting like a child, but I don't mean that's, that's insulting to children. He's acting. <laughs> he's petulant. Yes, absolutely. I'm very yeah. torn on him here because he's being ridiculous and Washington is completely correct. I think it's done on purpose for a few reasons because it really is like a father-son dynamic mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And he's being dressed down by his dad. He may, he did something stupid, of course, in the eyes of, of the father. And the father's like trying to, you know, he's mad because of what happened, but he's also trying to impart on him knowledge of why this is dumb and why there's maybe a better way. Cause he's talking about, we can't be fighting amongst ourselves. You know, we got a war going on. <laughs> and of course, you know, Hamilton's excuses, but they're raking your name through the mud and they have to answer for it. And he's like, look, I can handle it because as a grown adult, people are going to talk crap about you your whole life, <laughs> you know, and, and you got to learn to, you got to learn to take criticism Mm -hmm. or, or just not let criticism affect you if it's complete garbage. And Hamilton doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) He's very, um, uh, he's got a, I think he's got a temper and he's definitely quick to act. So I think Washington is trying to teach him some, uh, because he knows something that Hamilton doesn't too. There's a reason why he should, he needs to stay alive and not just for the good of the war. Although Washington does need him because of his mind and his ability to write. But Hamilton's not having any of it. But again, like I was bringing up the father son type thing because he literally says son, son over and over again. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're, it's almost like a stepdad. Like, you're not my real dad. <laughs> now, that's yeah. one bit where I actually do kind of side with Hamilton, right? Because Washington doesn't mean offense by calling him that. But the, the lack of sort of thought and care of language to Hamilton is an offense. It's like, don't don't call me that. I'm not a child. Yes, he's a man he looks up to, but uh, and he kind of is a father figure. It's a weird thing. Hamilton always seems torn. He sees him as a dad, but he also kind of wants to be his peer. Yeah. 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 I think there, I mean, there definitely is an age difference in real life because at this point, Hamilton's anywhere between 19 and his early 20s mm-hmm. um, when, he, when, he, when he went to work for Washington. And, and a lot of this is very condensed as far as the timeline. In real life, and I'll get to this in a little bit, Washington and Hamilton did have a little bit of a tiff. But it happened like four years after the duel. <laughs> so it wasn't like the next day. It wasn't like get inside. Oh, yeah, now we're fighting. Mm-hmm. It was It was some time later. But again, as Rose pointed out, two hours and 45 minutes, not- 40 minutes. Two 40 minutes. Okay. 40. <laughs> yeah, get it right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, would think I'd re- you think I'd know after how many episodes are recording and how many times I've watched it, but- 
I mean, that's the song itself, more or less. Oh, well, I didn't even get to the whole point where he's like, don't call me, you know, call me son one more time. And he gets in his face like mm-hmm. he's having none of it. Yeah. Now, just from a, a story perspective, obviously, like like John, exactly like you said, Washington is he's affectionately calling him son because he's an older gentleman and somebody he respects, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but Hamilton is not having any of it because I'm not a kid. Don't stop talking to me. I'm not your son either. And I'm fired up right now. And and he's blowing him off by not correcting his, his uh, language because he's asked him not to. So Mm -hmm. he's just, but that being said, he's a military officer Mm -hmm. reporting to the commander, (laughs) the commanding general of the entire continental army. You don't talk to your commanding general whether you're mad or not like that. There's been plenty of times I was mad at some officers and I did not get to yell at them like that. I'll be like, call me Marine one more time. That's why it's so difficult to decide like who's who's right, who's wrong. Because it's like, okay, he doesn't want to be called that. That's fine. But you, yeah. you also can't speak to him that way. <laughs> so No, yeah. Well, that's why I, I like, I mean, in, in, in the, Christopher Jackson is amazing as Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love him as Washington. Oh, he's possibly um, I think, my favorite in the whole thing. I was just going to say that he is my favorite character. Hey. And a lot of it is because of Chris, the way Christopher Jackson portrays him. Um, he's great. It's just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, you could tell he wants to lose his temper on him. Like <laughs> you just, you do not. And he's like, go home, just go home. Mm-hmm. Now, again, there's a, there's a reason beyond being yelled at why he's sending him home, which we learn about next song. That's kind mm-hmm. of like, like you said, a uh, father and son, like, after you're arguing, you just send your kid to their room. Yeah, right, right. Sometimes it just reaches a point where there's no more, there's no reason to bicker back and forth. Even if the kid is making some valid points, mm-hmm. even if the you know the parent is making valid points, at some point it doesn't matter anymore. The argument is done. Either yeah. you need to be punished or you need to just end it. I have spoken. You know, you need to learn to sometimes swallow your pride. <laughs> and and like you said, go get sent to your room. Everybody needs a moment. They need a timeout. They need to go cool before somebody says and does something stupid, you know? So that's- That is actually really important because um, in my job, we get trained at de-escalation of violence and things. And one of the things we're taught to do is like, yeah, don't, if it's really heated in the moment, try not to kind of deal with it there and then because everyone's already, like their tempers are up. Everyone's angry. Yeah. It's not going to go well. Like if, if everyone can kind of take a time out, as you said, relax a little bit, and you can yeah, maybe then we, calmly discuss it later. Yeah, because if you're amped up, the slightest thing like calling somebody son mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. can set them off. And there was no, like you said, there was no insult meant by it, but you just mm-hmm. can't help but. I know one time we, we we were at work, and you know we just we were just some news story came on, and everybody just had their opinion on it, and. Next thing you know, people like people were like picking sides, and they're just like everybody's like starting to get a little agitated. I and I, I know one guy. He just stood up and he goes, "All right, all right, everybody, <laughs> let's just let's just cool it. <laughs> Maybe let's turn the TV off." And we all just went, "Yeah, we're reacting like idiots right now." We all just sat back down, and went back to That's work. A good move, yeah, smart. <laughs> yeah, guy. yeah. He recognized it though. He, re- he realized, like, man, people are about to say some stuff that they're going to regret, you know, to, to their friends and coworkers. Were you one of those people? I was one of the people that was not de-escalating things. I was probably escalating things. I, <laughs> I like to think I'm more mature now and would have been my buddy who calmed things down as opposed to somebody who was wound a little too tight. Well, I like don't to think I'm more it, though when you're in the middle of it. Do you? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get that like you get the blinders on and mm. and uh, it's just like yeah. I like to think I'm more of a Washington than a Hamilton now. <laughs> We all we'll want to see. become a Washington as we age. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what I love about this show, actually. Like, it doesn't try and show Hamilton 
necessarily, oh, he's the big hero. He's always right. It's it's quite like a, a warts and all portrayal. Like it doesn't shy away from him being hot headed, unreasonable things like this. Oh, you can totally understand why people in real life did not like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will say that something Rose and I have talked about a few times, just on and off. They portray Burr sometimes as, you know, the villain, but you can also side with him a lot too. You're like, sometimes you want to be a Burr. Sometimes you want to be a Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So really in a great and grander scheme of things, you want to have, be a nice mixture of both. Yeah. You know, you want to be, um, prudent and kind of wait and make a decision based Mm -hmm. on, you know, timing and, and thought, you know, careful thoughtfulness. But at other times you want to make it, you know, you want to make a stand and be brash and and like, like a Hamilton would be. But being That's that way, the two all of them the, would have been great together if they could have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, they would have been the dynamic duo, if you will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to. I do have a few facts about like the real story behind some of this, but I kind of want to rate the song first. Like, what do you what do you guys think about like the song itself? Like Rose, would you would you listen to this song on the radio? <laughs> Maybe if it came on on the radio, but like I wouldn't just go on Spotify and choose this song out of all forty right. something songs in this musical. Yeah, what about what about you, John? Like, I mean, like if you just like the the music itself, like what would you what do you think about this the song? You know? oh, I I really like it. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm thinking of it in the context of the whole <laughs> show, but I I think it's great. I I like the back and forth. I like the arguing. Uh, there's yeah. a great line as well where. Uh, where Washington says, you know, what's your tone? I am not a maiden in need of defending. I am grown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a brilliant line. Yeah. And also it, has a, it alludes to my, probably my favorite thing in the whole show, that here comes the general. You get a little touch of that. Yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I love that as well. And I, I love the way in these like songs that have nothing to do with the other song. You'll get a, you'll get a line like that. You'll yeah. like, like stay alive is like comes back a few times satisfied like that type of stuff keeps coming back bursar like comes back i i love how they oh, can do that throughout like it really pays off to watch the whole thing you know and and take kind of remember some of that mm-hmm. um i i like this scene a lot the song itself i actually think this is one of the few times where they're not singing there's if they actually speak like mm-hmm. And not and don't sing. This is one of the only songs I think where there's actual dialogue and not singing. Well, there is kind of I guess not really a song, but there's a part in this musical, but not on Spotify, but just in the musical on Disney mm-hmm. Plus where they only talk. Do you remember what part that is? Uh, I'm trying to think. Before nonstop. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll have to look for that because that's coming my. Up. Uh, my eyes out for that yesterday when yeah. I rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Well, I, cause so, you know, I'm friends with Chris Darkoch from Jane Silent Bob Minute, and he has repeatedly criticized this <laughs> movie for being one long song mm-hmm. and that they don't, uh, they never like do any dialogue. And I when so when I noticed this, I'm like, no, there's literally dialogue without singing. So he's wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have to call him out on it at some point in the future. <laughs> some of the best musicals just keep going. They keep going. They keep going. Yeah. This does it. And, uh, yeah, I think that I, I like the song. You don't seem, you don't seem as keen on it though. 
I like the scene. I would like the music itself. Like, again, if it was on the radio, I don't think, you know, like if I'm listening to the soundtrack, I don't know if I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad me being Psy came on. Yeah. <laughs> but when watching it, I like it because it's the aftermath from the duel. And I like the dynamic of mm-hmm. the the characters of Washington and Hamilton together. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie is these two guys together. Yeah. You know, yeah, just getting the job right. done. You know, <laughs> I, I like seeing someone like Washington being, he's being really, he's really big, a big person, you know, uh, to go yeah. and apologize mm-hmm. to the, the guy he hated because he got shot, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to teach you. You can really like not get along with somebody mm-hmm. yet. You can let them go about their life and that's fine. Like you don't have to be at odds with each other all the time. It's a nice right. little lesson in the, in the, in the now I'm glad you kind of brought that up because now I can kind of segue into one of my historical facts about this whole thing. So one thing that it didn't come up, uh, but we did talk about it, I think last episode, Charles Lee was a traitor. He betrayed the Americans and Mm -hmm. provided information to the British. I believe it was General Howe in New York. Um, Charles Lee was captured by the British because he decided instead of retreating with Washington, he just, when they were leaving New York, he just went and went and found an inn and spent the night in an inn and they found him in his pajamas and they picked him up. (laughs) I thought it was a bar. Well, a tavern back in the day, that's where... An inn and tavern. That's what it was. Like you didn't stay at a, like an inn. Oh. You stayed at a tavern. Taverns yeah. were like everything. Taverns were the main like public forum back in the day. It was a Not very much big, has changed in England. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, like um, it, there was usually a bed or two above a tavern. A tavern was where people went and had public meetings, mm-hmm. and and societies met at taverns because that was one of the first things in the in the colonies. In fact, a friend of mine, Robert Estrada, does the History of the Marine Corps podcast. And one of the first episodes he discusses to set up everything is he discusses tavern life in the colonies. And it's fascinating Ooh. because the Marines were born in a tavern, ton tavern. And uh, so all the best things were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Born in a bar. I get t shirts that say born in a bar. <laughs> I had one the other day that said staff because it was like I was working at Ton Tavern. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, that's a that's totally so, uh, separate subject. But so Charles Lee was a traitor. However, nobody knew he was a traitor at the time. Mm-hmm. He had written letters on how to defeat Washington. And so, so this, this whole thing with Lee was an aftermath of the Battle of Monmouth in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. He was originally given command by uh Washington and Washington and he turned it down because he knew that he had already told how how to defeat Washington so he didn't <laughs> he thought they would lose something changed and he decided to go ahead and take take command after all however he ordered a retreat and so this is where all this whole thing for the duel that we didn't get into last time happened how was retreating Washington was advancing did i say how to lee lee was lee was retreating Washington's advancing. He rides ahead to Lee and says, what are you doing? Now, we don't know what exactly was said between the two men, but whatever it was, Charles Lee was highly insulted by. (laughs) Now, Washington had basically let bygones be bygones. So like John said, he's like, hey, you know, we had a little scuffle. It's fine. You're still going to be in command of the rear guard. Charles Lee was basically the second in command of the Continental Army at this point. He was very very highly uh, connected. He was in the British Army for years and years. He was easily could have been the commander in, in chief over Washington. Uh, and in fact, he felt slighted that he wasn't. So that's where some of this animosity comes from. Oh, I was going to so, say, as soon as you came out with that, I was like, ah, ah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like political and, 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 uh, uh, you know, machinations going on amongst the, you know, who's going to do what and I hate you and all that good stuff. <laughs> 
so basically he left him in charge of the the rear vanguard no no problem but he 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 basically kept saying you know washington this is all washington's fault it's not my fault he you know he's like i did wasn't given good orders um i wasn't given good direction i did all my decision based on what you know what had happened on the field well long story short he kept raking washington's name through the mud so washington had no choice but to put him up on charges and so he court-martialed him and he was found guilty <laughs> wow. um so because of that, he was supposed to be re- removed from the, the military for one year. Well, again, being politically connected, he was good friends with Sam Adams, which was one of our founding fathers and also a beer. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we get the beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, we, Rose and I talked about him. She's like, oh, and I showed her the picture. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, know, I haven't seen those commercials. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they went, to the, it went in front of the Continental Congress and it was, it was upheld. And then there was even still a review of that. So in this time frame between the review and you know eventually being like, yes, it it was upheld. He kept attacking Washington in papers. He was attacking Lawrence. He was attacking Hamilton. All these guys. He was like, they hate him. In fact, Lafayette even announced that once once Lee was gone, he was like, he was not missed. That was a quote from Lafayette. <laughs> he was not missed. <laughs> you, you think at that point he would be like, right, okay, I've got to keep quiet now. Oh, Things no. might go my way if I keep a bit quiet here. <laughs> yeah, he well, he kept up on it. So, so I mean, that's when when Lawrence basically said, "I've because he was a lieutenant colonel, I believe, at the time, or a colonel," and he's just like, "I've had enough." So, and this is what this is a quote I got from an article: "Is that while Lee was awaiting the fate uh, as the Con- Continental Congress reviewed the conviction, he received a challenge to a duel from Lawrence Lee in frail health from a fall, and he actually kept." battling gout over and over again, accepted the challenge on December 22nd, 1778. And then what we learned is he was lightly grazed on the side from Lawrence. Lee shot missed completely, but both Edwards and Hamilton, which again, Edwards was his lieutenant. They both agreed. All right, everybody satisfied. Duel's over. And, and actually um, Lee was very cordial towards Lawrence because that's what, that was the custom at the time. He said he was a young fellow behaved splendidly. Like he had no hard feelings. Lawrence didn't, ha- you know, he was a younger guy though. Lee was much older at this point. He was a little less than, uh, you know, cordial with him, but the matter was considered settled. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, that's where that happened. And then uh, Lee was eventually kicked out of the military. He was just out because, you know, again, it was year, years and years later, we, we found that we discovered that he was actually a traitor. <laughs> oh. I mean, so in, uh, yeah, because like again, this like nobody knew this at the time that he was giving information to the British, mm-hmm. at least while while he was in captive. And it sounds like he's—I mean, I don't know the full thing, obviously. Coming to it, kind of new, but it sounds like from your description, he's a traitor, almost just to spite Washington. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> think of like you know Star Wars in the in the newest one where the, uh, the guy says, you know, I I don't want you to win, I just want him to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're not far off because one of the reasons that he he gave up information on how to defeat Washington to General Howe while he was captive was he felt that both Washington and the Continental Congress were not doing enough to free him. Mm-hmm. So he was mad. But there was also another self-preservation act. You know, you, you kind of got to give him a little bit of leeway for this one. He technically, I guess, was would be considered a deserter of the British Army. And they uh, could, that, yeah, it probably would be actually, yeah, because yeah. he mm-hmm. was a member of the British 
military up until the revolution started, which he resigned his commission and joined the colonists. So even though he'd been living here for a while, he was still technically a member of the military. That's how we would view it. It'd be, well, yeah, it'd be a traitor to Britain first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they were very, he was very afraid that, that Howe would kill him uh, or, or have him put to death for that. So he was doing anything he could to put up, you know, getting his good graces. I mean, it's, it's very easy for me, you know, 250 years later to be like, he's a traitor. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you, you, you have to wonder how you would be in that situation. Would you mm-hmm. think of your own self-preservation? Um, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. I mean, at the time, I imagine defeating Britain was like, well, that's never going to happen. That's a ridiculous idea. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> People yeah, probably thought, you're fools. Yeah, because I don't think it was going well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we talked yeah. about some of that too. It was going very poorly for the Americans. You had a couple wins early on, which were like, yeah, we could do this, rah, rah. And then it was like, we're eating horses. You know, we don't have any money. These guys don't have shoes. We're Half of our people are dying from sickness, not even from battle. You know, it's just not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, you just got to outlast. Yeah. Outrun, outgun. <laughs> <laughs> However that goes. <laughs> Chickapow. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a classic line from uh, <laughs> everybody knows that. Everyone right? knows that one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's on the ten dollar bill. Chickapow. <laughs> That's just printed all over, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's a big uh, picture of Hamilton, and uh, you know, in, on Wall Street, and it says Chickapow. <laughs> I'm gonna run that one to the ground. So, um, so I had a little inf- more information about the blow up between Hamilton and Washington. Mm-hmm. So the duo happened in 1778. Hamilton and Washington didn't part ways until uh, 1781. <laughs> so it was oh, like- It's a big difference, yeah. It was like four years later or three, three years <laughs> later. I mean, basically it was over time though. It wasn't like one blow up like this and it was done. And and you know they allude to something that's going to happen next episode, why he needs to stay alive and all that. Mm-hmm. And And that coincides with the birth well, I'm just, we spoil everything anyways. His son, Philip, is going to be born in 1781 or, or is it 1782? So this is, so th- he gets, he gets sent home right before. So again, they condense the timeline for the, for the story. This is all, you know, there's the duo. He gets yelled at, he gets sent home because his son's going to be born in a few months. Mm-hmm. In real life, the duo happens, you know, two to three years go by. They have a little bit of a blow up. He goes home. Nine months after that, his son is born. Nah. So it's that would just complicate again, the story in this, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We saw this whole like, "Don't call me son," you know, go home. Mm-hmm. So really, what happened is, and I'll just I'll just get right to it. So in a letter to Philip Schuyler, three days after this incident, Hamilton wrote to his father-in-law and said, "Which, by the way, Philip Schuyler and Washington were good friends." Mm-hmm. He, he said, this is the dialogue between, so this is Washington, and this is according to Hamilton. He said, Colonel Hamilton, you have kept me waiting at the head of the stairs these 10 minutes. I must tell you, sir, you treat me with disrespect. Ooh. Hamilton's response, I am not conscious of it, sir, but since you have thought it necessary to tell me so, we part. Washington, very well, sir, if it be your choice. Oh, now, does that polite, sound like, uh, don't call me son? <laughs> yeah, that's no. quite, uh, quite polite. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is, you know, they're very gentlemanly, you know, uh, men of the 
late 1700s, yeah. you know, or whatever. So there's mm-hmm. a certain way of decorum that you would do. But Plus, even if it was a little bit heated, I imagine when you recount it in your writing, it's like it'd be uncouth to put that. Like, oh, we argued. It's like, no, no, you don't put that. That's not proper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now what I, what, I, what I think happened there, obviously they, they were having some – this was like the culmination of – some aggravation between these two. So what I, what one of the things I read is that Washington had a temper behind the scenes. He, 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 he conducted himself gentlemanly during, you know, in public and, and in front of the troops and all that. But I think when it was come down to it, I mean, the war was not going well for them <laughs> and he was, you know, he was battling things from, I mean, they allude to that in the, in the musical too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, so that's, it's even Hamilton says, I've never seen the general this despondent, but Hamilton got frustrated with some of this, like, treatment and behavior or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the two men had a mutual respect for each other because it mentioned that Washington likely saw uh, something of himself in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But he also recognized that Hamilton was one of the only people that could write in the, the voice of Washington the way he wanted it. Yeah. Uh, so he needed him. He want because he was very it was it was very important to him to to document everything that was going on, but also if he was speaking as his representative. But like Hamilton also respected the way Washington held the revolution together, how he was very smart when it came to diplomacy, all this good stuff. But there was a lot of stuff and we've they they talk about this throughout the the musical about how he was, you know, he wants a command. No, he can't have a command. Um and, and it just goes through a list of like all these different times that he, like Lafayette went to bat for him, Nathaniel Green, all these people were like, give him a command and that every time he got passed over. No. Washington had one excuse or another why he got passed over for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, one thing that I think really, I mean, I'm speculating if it really bugged him, but it, they reference this a lot in this article that Hamilton spoke fluent French. Yeah. Oh. He, he was up to be uh, part of the diplomatic envoy with Ben Franklin to go over and negotiate with France. But he was passed over in, or, in favor of John Lawrence's father, who was oh. uh, the president of the Continental Congress at the time. But could he speak he, French? I think he could, but they, but he, um, John Lawrence did say, I'm sorry, John Lawrence's father did say that he, he felt that Hamilton was more qualified than him to go over and do this, Ooh, but he wasn't politically connected. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, so it really does sound like Washington wants to keep him around for the writing, like not selfishly, yeah. but like you can express what I'm trying to say. No one else gets it. Yeah. He, he, that's exactly it. I think. Yeah. There was a, that was a big part of it. And this whole little blow up had to do with Washington basically said, and again, it's it's similar to Meet Me Inside. They were hunkered down to some like farmhouse somewhere. And he said his office was upstairs. Hamilton was on his way down. Washington was on his way up. Hey, I want to speak to you. And he said, okay. Hamilton proceeded to continue on with handing out his dispatches. He spoke with Lafayette for a little bit. And then he assumed Washington would be waiting for him in his office. But no, Washington was waiting at the top of the stairs. Oh. And Washington said it was... 10 minutes. Hamilton claimed it was two, but either way, Washington felt slighted that he was kept waiting and Hamilton was like, what's the big deal? (laughs) So that's where that whole like, well, fine, if you think I've insulted you, then I'll leave. There is a big difference between two minutes and 10 minutes to be fair. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if, I mean, again, if your boss tells you to come up here or your mom or dad, you do it immediately. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've, I've kept drill instructors waiting. They're not happy. <laughs> you know, they are not going to be nice to you. They're not going to be gently in decorum filled when uh, they're speaking to you the way Washington. No. And I know, okay, maybe in other walks of life, that's not how you conduct yourself. But, you know, this is a, this is a, a tense, fraught, dangerous military operation they're trying to, uh, you know, run here. <laughs> You've yeah. got to kind of do things properly. <laughs> exactly. Now, they did say, uh, to Washington's credit, he did send an envoy. And or some dispatches and and try to patch thing up with Hamilton, but he wasn't having any of it. So this is one thing I've noted too. The show definitely does does this whole father son relationship type thing with Hamilton and Washington, and it's one of my favorite parts of the show. But in real life, it doesn't look like that was the case. There was it was more of a case of mutual respect, and of course, obviously they patch things up because he does go back to work for him and help. He's one of the main federalists and they help build, you know, the first administration of Washington. Mm. But Hamilton says this in a letter for three years past, I have felt no friendship for him and have professed none. <laughs> so for three years, he doesn't even claim to be a friend of the general. That's gonna yeah. Be I, th- I think Washington was cold maybe and distant. Uh, yeah. As, yeah. You kind of get that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Although what we've learned is Lafayette and him, they may have had that father son relationship. Uh, um, Lafayette, uh, let's see, Lafayette is buried, I believe in France, right? I can't remember where, mm-hmm. but he has used dirt from Mount Vernon, Washington's home. Oh, that's, to be really, that's really nice. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And the, the key to the Bastille from when they, when they stormed the Bastille and, and, you know, got their independence over in France is hanging in Mount Vernon because he couldn't think of any other, Lafayette could not think of any other person more important than Washington to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So, oh. and they corresponded all the time. I'm like, the more I learn about Lafayette, I'm like, I got to know more about this guy. They should, they need to do a sequel, mm-hmm. uh, to, or, you know, like an, uh, like another version, kind of like Yellowstone does 1883. Now we, we need to learn about Lafayette. They need to do one just focusing on him because that, that guy's amazing. <laughs> I am on board. Follow him to France in the story. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah. One time on the Simpsons, I think they were in like New York City and they had a bunch of like signs billboards up for like different musicals and one of them instead of saying Hamilton it said Lafayette oh see that would be great <laughs> there you go the Simpsons writers are thinking what we're thinking I know yeah. they, if they ever do one we'll be like look the Simpsons did it again they predicted <laughs> one <laughs> as always <laughs> so I mean I know I jumped into a lot of the you know actual real life history but that's that's the really all i have for that i i I just i thought that was pretty neat that's one of my favorite parts of of doing this show is going in and being like okay this is great love the show love the song what really happened you know (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty fascinating i Um, love all of that that's that's right up my alley that it's the kind of thing i spent hours and hours just reading about on wikipedia for no reason yeah yeah. i'm supposed to be doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I totally understand. And it's hard to, you know, edit yourself when you're like making notes. You're like, oh, I want to reference this and I want to reference this. this would, but I mean, it's not a history podcast. It's a it's a musical review. We just happen I mean, to throw some is. stuff out there. You know, it's a fun <laughs> fact, if you would. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Rose. It kind of is. It's a bit of everything. Yeah. And um, we're talking about history. Well, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's a history musical. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a random music fact. Yeah, I would love I to found. hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might know this. I don't know. But I was just uh, you know, Googling around, reading some articles, and I found that in this song, the chanted repetition of, you know, in the background when they're going, meet them inside, meet them inside. It is 
uh, a play on DMX's party up in here when that goes, meet me outside, meet me outside in the exact same rhythm. So they took now, that and were like, let's, let's use a little bit of that. Now, that's funny you say that because Rose was actually looking into that right before we recorded <gasps> and she wasn't familiar with the song. So I showed her that part and she goes, oh my God, it really, because I, I didn't remember that part either. And I just know that, you know, up in here, that's the part I always remember. So we jumped to the timestamp when they do that and we're like, oh my, she even said, she's like, it sounds just like it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they credited it in the program of the musical. Um, in fact, um, I need to find it, but there is an article that I came across before that has some of the hip hop references for the various songs. Like, Ooh. so that would be enough definitely to not have a, a reference to a hip hop, but like this one did, you know? So <laughs> it's, um, and I know there's more out there. Um, I did not realize it was actually credited. Like that's how much he borrowed from it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty Apparently, interesting. There's a couple of them. Yeah. In the program that they, they just straight up say. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of copied that, but it's fine. <laughs> that's hey, that's, fine. that's what hip hop is, isn't it? It's like cutting and pasting and things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you're inspired by, you know. <laughs> so, you can't get sued if you say it's inspired by. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> You've yeah nobody's suing. Nobody's suing uh, Weird Al, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or are they? <laughs> oh, I bet no. someone's tried. I'm sure they have. Yeah. <laughs> now I just want Weird Al to do a parody of this musical, like an entire musical. Yeah, yeah, because well, we had fun with the um, the Hamilton polka, which is of hey. course the polka version of you know, the this story, which is fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I would listen to him go through and do you know either songs inspired by Hamilton or literally just parody versions of each song. Yeah, he's just the best. He is. And Rosie, you weren't you were a little familiar with him, right? Because you know a few, you like a few of his songs. Two. Which ones besides Hamilton Polka? Uh, well, Hamilton Polka, and then the other one is the American Pie uh parody. The oh, Anna- the, the well, Star Wars one. Yes, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we used to call it the the Anakin guy song or whatever, something like that. Because that's a that's the part we do. Anakin guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know what, kid? I think you like the one that was "Spin Us a Web, You're the Spider Man," which was based on the Piano Man by Billy Joel. I don't think I ever heard that. Sorry, maybe it was the other kid. <laughs> All right, then. I I mean, I have nothing else for this particular uh, song. Rose, do you have anything you want to discuss extra? Um. Well, we forgot to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, we can do that now. Okay. Go ahead. What would you do? Well, clearly I was like, like from the song itself, probably like a 5. Really? That low? Well, the song. But it like the, the scene, I would give it like a, like a 7 or 8 even because it's like mm-hmm. a really important part. Of, of Washington and Hamilton's relationship that I really like. So what about you, Rose? I would probably do six or 6.5. So, so you're not far off from me, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about so, you, John? You, if you had to give it a number, one to 10. <laughs> is it just the song or is it uh, whatever you want? Yeah, whatever you want. I did both. So <laughs> yeah, I might as well do both. Okay. If it's just the song, I mean, I'm easy to please. This is the problem. If it's just the song, I'd say seven because I like it. I like it. But if it's the whole scene, I'm going up to nine. <laughs> I yeah. love the scene. Yeah. I I love the the dramatic, you know, character moments, the character yeah. building, and you learn about their interactions and things. So yeah, the song itself, I'll give seven. All right, perfect. I can. I mean, we don't we don't average it or anything, but this, you know, we're all in the same ballpark. I'm a little bit lower. John's a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. And Rose, you're right smack dab in the middle of us, basically, <laughs> more or less. I guess six would have been an actual middle, but 
you know, I don't do math. I do history. You do. <laughs> Look, that's a choice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even do history that good. So, you know, hey. I do. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, Rose, if you don't have any other, uh, you know, things for this. So John, do you have anything you want to cover, if not just for this song, but may- maybe the musical overall? Final thoughts or anything like that? trying to think what else i could say I've, I've i've tried to kind of get them all in if i could um yeah just I, I was a huge fan of it i mean i would watch it every week if uh it wasn't if it wasn't quite as long as it is you know which which yeah. is fine it's a play you know it's supposed to be that long but yeah i have limited time <laughs> so I've, I've, i have literally only watched it about five times but i i, I really enjoy it i love the songs i love the acting Lin Manuel's got a weird crazy high-pitched voice and it's great <laughs> um yeah Lafayette's funny. I love Hercules Mulligan. Everyone is just fantastic. It, I had a good time. It taught me a lot. And it then made me go and read up a lot of other things as well. I I, I, I remember actually after I first watched it, I decided to uh, go and, oh, yeah, but I've never seen the U.S. Constitution. I'm going to read it. <laughs> well, and things like that. And I was reading yeah. up on all the, all the different letters they were writing and essays and things. I can't say I've sat and read all of the Federalist Papers because there was like what eighty odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I actually have a book, and I haven't I haven't rolled out in a long time. It was like it was like the Federalist Papers, but then somebody would interpret it what it meant like in like modern English. So oh, you didn't. Have they to do that like with school books, like Shakespeare does that. Yeah, so it's a lot easier to kind of uh, take in and trying to think about the the way they used to talk. Did you give that to me? I gave you a different book. Oh. This is more of a grown-up book. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, plus, you also prior. need to yeah. understand the context, not just right. the language. Like you, they might be talking about things, and you're just going, "What? What, what do you mean?" <laughs> I've had to do that where you look up and you're like, "Well, what does this mean for that time?" Because the phrases yeah. were different, and I'm like, "I've never even heard of this, like mm-hmm. this phrase before, or whatever." Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, well, we've had a great time having you on. I'm very happy that you could join us. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought this was going to be a short episode based on <laughs> how short of a song it was. And here we are an hour in, but it's this is me. what we do. Kind of my <laughs> shit. That's what I do, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm known to ramble at times too. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> see, <laughs> this, is the, <laughs> this is what I have to deal with day in and day out. Um, John, I would love, I mean, again, I'm happy that you, you got to join us. I would love it if you took a time to let everybody know where they can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more of me, you can check out my podcast, uh, Batminute at thebatminute.com, where we talk about the Batman movies. You can check out my one, Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, which is about Hedvig and the Angry Inch, the musical. Uh, and that is at hedvig.lgbt. Um, or you can, oh, we haven't actually set up the website for Miami Minutes yet, but it will be Miami Minutes Podcast. No, it's Miami Minutes dot Kim, which is a Korean URL that I bought. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and if you want to, uh, for some bizarre reason, watch me dancing terribly in a band I'm in, uh, where there's a band, Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies. Uh, so I'm, I'm part of that as Cantina Turner. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, everybody check out John on all his podcasts. And I'm, you know what? I totally jumped the gun on all this, and I forgot that we forgot to do Rose's fun facts. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate this is, but Washington sent Hamilton home in 1781. I believe that is that is accurate. Yep. Yeah. Based on what I found. So yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent job. 
What do you say we, we wrap it up? Thank you for listening to Hamilton Shot by Shot. You can find us on Hamilton Shot by Shot on Instagram and Facebook, uh, HamiltonShotbyShot at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, which nobody does. <laughs> and so I don't know why I keep saying it. And there is Hamilton Shot by, no, Hamilton underscore SBS on Twitter if you want to follow us there. And once again, we thank John for joining us. Well, uh, please go check out his stuff. Me. Yeah, we are very yeah. happy to have you. Thanks. And I guess what what's the next song, Rose? Uh, that would be enough. Well, that would be enough of this episode, don't you think? Well, that's what you're supposed to say next time. That's a good point. I'll probably have to use that joke twice. <laughs> well, what do you say? What do you say you meet me inside? Because we got to. No, I'll tell you what. You know what, Rose? Go home. I am home. Okay, then. <laughs> I am not throwing away my, not throwing away my shirt. Boom. Boom.